Um, are you guys nervous? <laughs> I maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, but uh, I'm excited. No, I'm excited to be here. Uh, in case you guys don't know who I am, my name is Dalen, Dalen Block. I've been coming to SunWest here for uh, over 12 years, a little over a decade. So obviously since I was about two, makes me about 14. <laughs> Uh, my, my dad, Kelvin, he pastored here from 2005 to 2011. Uh, him and my mom now uh, lead a home group uh, of a, a really great family uh, that I, I love very much. Um, my brother, Brayson, is graduating high school this year. I've got a sister, Kayla. She's out in BC uh, finishing her nursing degree. And Jace, yeah, right there in the pink. Hey, Jace. That's my oldest sister there. Um, awesome. So... Uh, I met my, uh, my beautiful wife, Crystal, coming here to, at SunWest and in, in high school uh, here in Calgary. We grew up together, kind of, we got married right here in the theater. Just kidding. <laughs> it would have been cool. It would have been cool, but uh, no, we, we went down the road for that. Um, we both attended uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry uh, down in Redding, California. Uh, I took some Bible teaching there directed at... Uh, bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven uh, in tangible ways as, as stewards and as disciples um, and co-laborers with, with Christ. And then when I got back, when I came back to Calgary a few years ago, I interned uh, under Matt's uh, leadership and guidance with two other students here at SunWest. We did kind of a, a pilot program. And today I work in business development at an IT company. So that's kind of me, a little about, uh, about my shtick. So... Um, I want to start today uh, by reading Psalms 23 all the way through. Uh, we're doing a, a Psalms 23 series. This is the second week. If you missed last week, this is the second week of a four-week series uh, where the whole time we're just studying uh, one, one psalm, one, uh, one prayer of, of David's. So I think we have it up on the board uh, as well. There will be Bibles, I think, that we can pass around. I've got the words to live by as well in your bulletins, which will have this uh, this verse, I don't have an iPad yet. Uh, Matt hasn't given me one. I guess there's a certain quota you got to reach before you get an iPad. Uh, so follow along, please, please do. Um, I think it's, it's always good to be able to read along. So, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul, and he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's, let's, let's pray. Uh, thank you, Lord, oh, for the Psalms, for David's Psalms, uh, for your word here this morning. Uh, we ask that you'd speak to our hearts. Your word would resonate with us. Uh, Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us. You are the good shepherd Help us to hear and know your voice this morning, Jesus. All right. And Heavenly Father, amen. So, as I mentioned last week, Colton started on Psalms. He read the first couple verses. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Um, he talked a bit about the, the parallels between God as the shepherd and us as the sheep. 
his disciples, his people, his children. Um, uh, he used to be, uh, so I'm getting ahead of myself, the shepherd is a protector and a provider, and those were kind of some of the things he focused on. He allows us to have rest in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our hardships, um, because, uh, yeah, he, he makes the sheep lie down. Uh, Colton used to be a bee shepherd or a beekeeper. He talked a bit about that and his experiences there. I've never really worked on a farm. I've like been a couple times, uh, but for the most part, I don't know anything about farming. But I do know how to use a computer as a 14-year-old millennial. Uh, so I Googled it, and I came up with some fun facts about sheep. So we're going to throw up uh, a slide on the board here. Fact number one, sheep are ugly. Uh, sheep are herbivores. They eat mainly just grass. Uh, sheep wool makes great socks. Sheep uh, legs make great dinner. Sheep are stubborn. Uh, they're not known for being very bright. Uh, sheep are severely clumsy. But sheep are also very social. Um, they... Oh, it gets the heart, doesn't it? That little cute lamb. Uh, they recognize each other by facial features. Uh, so that's how they can tell each other apart. And actually, in a, in a study done, when shown photographs, uh, they can remember up to 50 other sheep and 10 humans, even if they haven't seen them in two years. Pretty exact uh, measurements there. But uh, sheep wool in the Bible, uh, which is, is sheared and taken from them regularly, is often paralleled with self-desire. So in the Bible, lots of the time, the wool of uh, of a sheep is uh, referred to as worldly things like wealth. And when a priest enters the Holy of Holies, he couldn't have any sheep's wool on him. He had to be pure and, and, and use other kind of cloth. Um, Jesus himself called us sheep, his people, his disciples, his children, on more than one occasion. So anytime Jesus does something more than once, I think it's a metaphor he wants us to pay attention to. So those are my, my fun facts about sheep this morning. Uh, we're going to go back to the word here, back to uh, Psalms 23. Uh, I'm going to focus on kind of verses 2b to 4, uh, one, one break at a time. So starting from leading me beside still waters, if you have your Bibles with you. We're going to hang on these verses all day, so uh, don't, don't put your Bible away. First part there, he leads me uh, beside quiet waters. Leads me beside quiet waters. Uh, sheep like all other animals and like people, they experience uh, a sense of thirst uh, when they lack water. Unlike all other animals, uh, they seek out to quench that thirst, have that thirst satisfied by getting something outside of themselves. Uh, typically, I mentioned sheep aren't very bright. Uh, they'll take it anywhere they can get it. Uh, they'll go to a pothole, a little puddle. It doesn't matter if it's dirty or clean. They'll just start slurping it up. And there's a lot of problems with that, especially shallow things. Uh, there's parasites and, and other diseases that they can catch from, from drinking from, from bad drinking holes. And so um, one of the main goals, uh, or one of the main jobs, there's a few kind of key things, roles as a shepherd, is leading them uh, to quiet waters, to a, a proper drinking hole where they can uh, not worry about falling into maybe rushing waters, where they would drown, but uh, being able to come there peacefully and drink while their shepherd protects them, and then knows where the good water is, knows to lead them to these places. Uh, the Bible actually tells us that we as humans, uh, we also have a thirst, a desire uh, that needs to be satisfied from something outside of ourselves. And we could maybe call it a, a spiritual thirst. Um, we, we, we long for more than, than just material stuff. I would say there's an 
intrinsic desire within us for our identity to be confirmed or our purpose to be given by something more than ourselves. We see this a lot. Uh, I mean, we, we know these uh, classic one-liners, the, the rich and famous. Uh, they want it all, and as soon as they get it all, they realize it's not enough. Uh, we see it all the time. Famous celebrities, whoever it is, as soon as they have the, the billion dollars or uh, the fame and fortune, uh, it's, it's still not enough. Um, whether it's our career, uh, maybe it's the perfect family, uh, maybe it's uh, the right possessions, right income, uh, or even on less materialistic of the, of the side of things, even just wisdom. If I can get enough degrees, if I can just know enough, then I'll be okay. Then my thirst will be quenched, and I won't be thirsty anymore. Um, in fact, I would extend that even further. If you're here this morning uh, at church in a theater, and you're hoping that religion will quench that thirst, I'm sorry to say, I think even religion can't quench that thirst, or religion alone. Uh, in John chapter 4, uh, we have Jesus with the woman at the well, and, uh, and he speaks of this living water, right? So I mentioned the Bible talks a bit about uh, a spiritual thirst that we have, and there's a few other occasions as well. But we receive this, this water from Christ by the revelation of what he's done for us, coming to know him through his word and through his spirit, and who he says we are, the purpose, the identity that he gives us. You're my son, you're my daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. This is the, the living water that he brings for us. He invites us into stillness or quiet waters to receive this everlasting life. And uh, yeah, in John chapter 10, 10, a little bit further, uh, Jesus says, I come that you may have life and life abundantly. It kind of sounds like when we think about all the fame and fortune and riches or the perfect family, he has an answer there. Life and life abundantly. Not life and life rich, but abundant, full, satisfied. Uh, unfortunately, I think, I think that this uh, uh, satisfying isn't something we can just create ourselves, right? As I mentioned, it's all kind of coming from Christ. We can't work hard enough to satisfy our souls. It's something that we have to drink in, we have to take in and receive from Christ. This born-again experience uh, that we are only partaking in, uh, but not necessarily initiating. He's got goodness for us, his mercies are new every morning, and it starts by us coming to the waters, resting in him, and knowing his love for us, knowing his identity. Sound cool? Okay, let's move to the next piece of this verse. Um, before I do, <laughs> uh, some of this stuff I'm talking about here uh, with this whole resting and coming to quiet places might sound a little bit airy to some of us, uh, blowing sunshine around or something like that. And, uh, and some people in the room are thinking, you know, Dalen, uh, practically this sounds great, but I've got a toddler at home and quiet waters aren't something we get very often. Or maybe it's not a toddler, maybe you've got six kids and they're all grown up or, or maybe you've got a teenager or a few teenagers, God forbid, and they're rebelling. And, uh, and that doesn't feel like quiet waters. And feel, it feels like stress and, and distress. Um, laying down in, in green pastures. Uh, maybe you've got a loved one who's, who's sick and hurting. Uh, and, and the idea of, of lying down by still waters right now sounds a little tough. Uh, maybe you're so busy uh, because at your workplace, you guys just won an award and you've got a new quota and you've just taken over as general manager. 
we have to find a place. We have to create room to come and drink, or we'll, we'll find ourselves drinking from polluted waters. Wherever we can get it, wherever we can find it, we'll be drinking in. All right, let's go. Let's go to He restores my soul. Uh, this section of the verse, He restores my soul. Uh, NIV says, He refreshes my soul. Uh, Coca-Cola refreshes my soul. I like restores my soul. I think that's a good, actually more accurate translation. The, the word restore that's used here uh, is also used uh, when a kingdom was restored or something was stolen and given back. It's set to the, the right place, set back to uh, the original design. I'll tell a quick story here. Uh, I went uh, this last summer here. Uh, Nate, Nathaniel Wilson, uh, and his wife, uh, Sydney, they got married. And before that, we went on a bachelor party uh, for a hike into the mountains and camping. Do you have any hikers here, people who like hiking? Yeah. That's great. Not me. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't really grow up hiking. We grew up dirt biking in the mountains. We were fortunate enough to dirt bike. So you get the the awesome nature and all the great things that come with that and the beautiful views, but you're on a dirt bike and there's a lot less hiking around. So anyways, uh, uh, Nathaniel's uh, best man was telling us about where we're going and where we're camping and it's this beautiful place and it's probably about a three-hour hike, he figured. And I'm like, okay, you know, three-hour hike, that sounds three hours longer than anything I've ever done before. Uh, <laughs> And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, how do the tents get up there? And he's like, oh, you, we wear them. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. What about water? He's like, we wear them too. And I'm like, these are going to be really heavy backpacks. And, uh, and sure enough, it was a really heavy backpack. And uh, the day ran late, and we got to the, the hiking trail uh, after 7.30 uh, p.m. And I was like, okay, three hours. Sun will maybe go down as we get to the campsite. Um, well, uh, three hours later, we were almost at the halfway point. And uh, I remember coming up to this waterfall, and like 20 minutes in, I thought I wasn't going to make it. But three hours in, my body was failing. We got to this waterfall, and I was like, that's it, guys. Leave me here. I'll just lay down right here. My pack was holding me to the ground. And, uh, and you know, Joe and the guys and Nate, they, they wouldn't leave me there. They forced me to go the rest of the way. We ended up climbing up chains on the side of a cliff with these packs, and it was really intense. I'm glad it was dark out. Otherwise, I would have been terrified of how high up we were. I, I didn't realize <laughs> how high up we were. But we got to the site sometime after midnight. I don't know exactly. And maybe I'm exaggerating, but uh, Nate can tell you. Uh, we, we got up there finally, set up our tents, and, and ate some food, and uh, tried to you know, drink some water and such, and, and get refreshed. Uh, and I laid down finally at the, in the tent at the end of the night, and I was like, man, I'm glad that day. Crap, we have to do that again tomorrow. <laughs> And we got up again the next day, but it was really beautiful up there, and it was totally worth it, and it was tons of fun, and I loved it. But uh, uh, we got down the hill, and we, we had a great night, and I was sore for a week. I'm telling you, five days later, it was like I just hiked the day before. It took a long time for my muscles to be restored. So this, this He Restores My Soul verse. Um, I'll be honest, when I, when I first read this, or when I first read this, I kind of thought, like, He Restores My Soul, like... Do Christians really need their souls restored? Now, like if we're if we're following Jesus, if we're doing the right things, do we need to be restored? But I think that actually isn't a very accurate perception of the Christian life, of of uh, being one of the sheep and following Christ. In uh, 
In one of my fun facts about sheep, I mentioned that they're clumsy, and there was a word there, cast. Uh, so like I said, I did some research on sheep and read a book and did some, did some, some digging in there. Um, when a sheep flips upside down, uh, it's, it's pretty serious. So uh, they're very top-heavy. You imagine the skinny legs and a big fluffy top, right? And if they're pregnant, it's even more top-heavy. Uh, they've got stick legs, and if they lay down in a burrow maybe uh, and just kind of roll over a little bit too far, even if they're not completely upside down, uh, being stuck upside down, they can die in a matter of a couple hours, just a few hours. Gases in their stomach from the four chambers and the rumen begin to build up and push on some of their arteries, restricts the blood flow to their legs so that they can't actually even try to get out anymore. And, uh, and before you know it, they're dead uh, or a, a wolf comes and eats them. So this protecting role of the shepherd becomes really important. Uh, you know, we think about the verse um, in Matthew, uh, Jesus leaves the 99, the good shepherd leaves the 99 to go find the one. There's actually a seriousness there of where is my hundredth sheep? Is he upside down in a ditch somewhere stuck? So there's this constant kind of uh, looking over and counting of the sheep that they actually did that thing about counting sheep. It's, it's real. Um, so becoming cast, right? Becoming stuck upside down, uh, flat on our backs, uh, David, the guy who wrote this psalm, uh, he used the word cast multiple times. He referred to himself as being cast in, in other psalms. In fact, the one right before Psalms 23, Psalms 22. Um, he, he knew great despair. He, he knew what it was like to be God's chosen one, uh, to be in God's plan, yet still be cast sometimes, be flipped upside down. Um, uh, at one point in his life, uh, he was hiding in a cave, running from Solomon, uh, just, just fearing for his life. Ah, oh, sorry, what was that? Saul, thank you, Saul. That's what I meant to say. Saul is the son. Uh, and his, his soul was cast down. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That doesn't sound like the man after God's own heart who's writing all these verses about still waters, right? But there is this reality. Sometimes we get cast. Uh, another time in his life, uh, he uh, kind of committed a, a really great sin, uh, he'd murdered one of his friends and taken his wife. Uh, and uh, similarly, that time, it was more of a stumbling. It was himself completely tripping and ending up on his back, not being who God said he was, not being who, uh, who his identity really was as a, a great, powerful king that was, was good and righteous. So point here is, sometimes in our lives, there are unexpected twists and turns. Maybe we stumble, maybe we fall, we end up on our back. But the good shepherd comes and I like to imagine that uh, I'm the sheep. I've fallen over. I'm flailing my legs a little bit. And the father doesn't come with a, a rod, a disciplining rod, and, and smack me over. But rather, he grabs me by the legs. He goes, oh, Dalen, <laughs> what are you doing? Come on, get back up. What did I say about rock climbing? No more of that. Good boy. <laughs> and he's glad I'm alive. And he's just happy to restore my soul. Okay. Uh, next verse here. He guides me along paths of righteousness. Guides me along paths of righteousness. Uh, sheep will uh, eat the grass in one area until it's dead. Uh, I think it's pretty normal with animals, uh, but sheep will eat the roots and totally kill farmland unless they are properly grazed and move around. So leading them to a water hole is the main role of a shepherd, protecting them, but also uh, guiding them onto the right paths, uh, uh, moving them from healthy grass, uh, making sure they don't stay on one piece for too long, etc., um, 
I think this word guide, if you're looking in your bulletins there, this, this he, he leads me, then he guides me, are really particular in the portrayal of our, our shepherd. He's not a cattle herder. He's not cracking a whip at us, but he's guiding us. He's guiding us into these paths of righteousness. What are these paths? Ephesians 2.8, this is also in your bulletin and up on the screen, says that, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not from yourselves, but it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Righteousness, righteousness this idea of, of rightness with God, righteousness, is only made possible through Christ, through his death and resurrection. These paths that exist, exist because of him, because of what he did. Having said that, although, you know, we are, we are we're placed, uh, you know, the Father sees Christ in us, we, we receive his, um, his righteousness through what he's done, but there is still a tension, I think, here today. What does righteousness look like today? For the shepherd to lead us and guide us in righteousness. He wants to walk with us. He wants to commune with us. It's this leading and guiding that requires an ongoing communication with his spirit. An ongoing coming back, maybe to these still waters, maybe making a place for them. Right? So uh, maybe uh, you ask your husband, uh, hey, honey, can you put the kids down to bed tonight? I'm going to go and just spend five minutes alone uh, with the Lord. Uh, maybe it looks like turning off your phone uh, at nighttime right before you go to bed so you can spend a couple minutes communing so you can lead and guide us. Righteousness has to look like something. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. 1 Corinthians 10.13 also says that he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can do it. So, Without you know, trying to sound like we need to be righteous, we need to be righteous, we need to be righteous, although we're saved by grace through faith, we get to walk along paths of righteousness with the Father. He's enabled us. Grace has enabled us, and grace invites us in. When we mess up, grace is still there. He's still there to flip us back on our feet. We take up, we take up our daily crosses, and we live in confidence knowing that Christ is not a distant God, but actually he's been tempted just like us. He knows our trials, he knows our pains, and he journeys with us. Hmm. All right, tying it all together here a little bit. Uh, if we go back to Ephesians 2.8, uh, I mentioned it says we're saved by grace through faith, but then verse 10, we have verse 10 up there, uh, says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God created in advance for us to do. So it doesn't end that we're saved by grace through faith. For we are created, we are God's handiwork in Christ Jesus to do good works. Saved by grace through faith to do good works for his name's sake. Coming back to uh, Psalms 23, the very last part of, of, of the, my section here is for his name's sake. He guides us along paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Friday, my wife had some injections in her back. They're called cortisone injections. She's been struggling with back pain for a few years. And uh, I went to Superstore on Saturday, and I thought, you know, I should get some flowers for my wife. Maybe brighten her up, you know, and kind of encourage her a little bit. And uh, so I was standing in the flower section. I love Superstore flowers. They just put them all together for you, make it really easy for a guy like me. Um, and I was looking, and uh, a nice lady walked by. We'll call her Mary. And uh, she said, you know, you can get a lot more flowers for a lot cheaper at Costco. And I was like, but Costco on a Saturday is a nightmare. And she was like, that's true. Um, I was like, I think I'll get these ones. Like, my wife likes these ones. What do you think? I think she likes this kind. And, and she said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, what kind would you get? She, kinda, she pointed up to the top row, and I was like, those are really nice flowers. I would get those too. Those are, those are very nice. And as soon as she pointed at them, I felt like I heard the Lord say, buy them. Buy them for her. She needs them. Um, I said, hey, Mary, are you going to be around this area for a second? Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll just be right back. Um, and I, I grabbed the flowers, and I went over. And as I was standing in line to pay for my wife's flowers and also Mary's flowers, um, I said, Lord, um, I was with you in the still waters this morning. I've been, been leaning into your voice. Uh, what, what do you want to say to Mary today? So I did a little listening prayer. Um, and I brought her the flowers, and I said, hey, uh, Mary, I, I got you these flowers. And I felt like the Lord said... Um, well, he loves you very much, and um, he wants to restore your soul, and he wants to um, let you know that you know, you're his flower. Something really, really simple like that. Didn't come out perfect by any means. And she said, why on earth would anyone do this? No one's ever done anything like this for me before. And she was just shocked. She kept saying, why would you do this? So, okay, of course, uh, Jesus and this, is the part, this is the part that we all get nervous about, right? Oh, what do I say next? But I think it matters less what we say than we think it does after that, right? I ended up uh, talking about Psalms with her, Psalms 23, and reading her through some stuff. She had a bad experience, I think, with church, and um, she, didn't, she wasn't really into this whole God stuff, because why would God let you know, bad things happen to good people was her, was her phrase. And so I read her through, you know, even in the valley of the shadow of death, he's with us, and he actually wants to be with you. Um... I was able to um, sort of put a new spin on God's name for her, I think. I, I didn't lead her through the salvation prayer. I didn't uh, tell her if she doesn't repent in five days that she'll go to hell. But I was able to give her an encounter with God's name, with Yahweh, with what he's really like. See, she was just diagnosed with cancer. And she was waiting for something. guided along these paths for his name's sake. And not just for us, not just so we can be righteous, so we can share this good news with other people. Our, uh, our journey with the Father, it, it doesn't end lying down in green pastures. Right? He starts there, he makes us lie down, and then he leads us to still waters, to quiet waters where he refreshes our souls, he restores us, and as amazing as that is, it doesn't end there doesn't end with just being restored. He actually invites us and guides us along paths of righteousness where his handiwork so that we can co-labor with him for his name's sake. We can restore his name on the earth. We can bring his kingdom. And all it takes is one encounter with somebody for the love of God to change their life. It doesn't have to be big, bold, a sermon on the mount. Just one encounter, just one piece of flowers. And if I'd come to Superstore that day and I was thirsty, Man, I haven't even thought about God for, for a month, and, or at least since the last Sunday. 
and I was looking for something. Maybe I was just thinking about, man, if I could just get the right things, I, the promotion or, or the, my commissions this month, I didn't hit quota again or whatever it was, right? If I wasn't resting in who I was, would I have stopped? Would I have stopped to hear his voice? So we get to be the light of the world. We get to represent his name as Christians, as little Christs, as Christ followers. And sometimes, don't get me wrong, we fall on our backs and our legs are up in the air. We've stumbled or life has just caught us uh, from, from, you know, uh, off guard. Um, but he restores our souls. And as we navigate the complexities of life, just trying to stay on the right path, he guides us into life and life abundant for his name's sake. He's not looking for perfect pastors either. He's calling each and every single one of us. So I want to take a minute here uh, as we invite the band up and just, just pray. Um, spend a second listening uh, for, for us. You know, is there a place in your life uh, where you can make more time to, uh, to drink? Create a space. Whether that's from his word, directly you're reading from his Bible, uh, or maybe you're just opening it and you're sitting, you're doing a prayer. And uh, you're trying to, to kind of hear uh, what his Holy Spirit has to say to you today. Uh, so let's, let's ask him right now together. Okay, Lord, where, where's a place in my life where I can spend a couple more minutes, make more room? How can I drink more of your goodness for me and your faithfulness and all that you have for us so that I can rep represent your name well? Um, yeah, so Heavenly Father, we welcome you to come speak with us this morning. Reveal to us a place space that we can be led to quiet waters. You're here this morning, and I'm talking about this water, this living water, this life and life abundant. And you've never tasted that, and you've been thirsty, and you've been looking for a place to satisfy that thirst. I want to invite you down for prayer this morning. Uh, we're gonna have prayer teams on my left and right. Uh, even during this song, if you want to just come down for some prayer, uh, I want to invite you and drink of His goodness that He has for us. He died on the cross and he was raised three days later so that you could receive this abundant life. Today, everlasting life doesn't start just when we die. Everlasting life starts today. Well, let's pray. For those who are thirsty, Lord, come and satisfy our thirst. For those who need to be restored this morning, good shepherd, we, we pray that you'd come and get us back up on our feet. Guide us, Lord, on paths of righteousness. Stand with us. Yeah, we lean into you. Come and walk with us, Lord, for your name's sake, so that we can share this very good news with your people. Thanks, Dalen. That was a good word right there. You guys, can we thank Dalen? That was awesome. Maybe this morning you're tired and you're thirsty. 
and you've been drinking out of polluted water. And, uh, and the Lord's kind of turned on a light for you and, and said, you know, when you're pursuing that, it's actually just a misdirected thirst. But that thirst was actually put in you uh, because I want you to commune with me. There's a life-giving, everlasting water uh, that I have to give you. And as a good shepherd, I'm inviting you to come and drink. And so maybe this morning it's about turning from those polluted waters that you've gone to and saying, you know, Lord, I want to get my life from you. I want you to be my life source. Maybe you've been flipped upside down. I uh, love that image, you know, and, and Jesus just comes to you this morning saying, I want to I flip you right side up. I want to flip you right side up. And maybe you've been uh, uh, maybe you've been coming to the good shepherd because he has things to give you and he does, but you you have yet to take that step where you when as Dalen talked about um, righteous living for his name's sake. Uh, and so the good shepherd is giving life to you, and now he's inviting you to also turn around and give it away. And so wherever you are this morning, I, I pray that you would sense God's call to deeper relationship with him, to following him, um, whether it's turning from polluted water, being turned right side up because life circumstances maybe have uh, had their way with you, uh, or maybe it's just taking a little bit of ownership and saying, you've put me on this earth to represent the good shepherd, and I don't only want to receive from you, Jesus, I want to give away what you've given me. So let's pray. Uh, and again, after I'm done praying, if you want to receive prayer, as Dalen mentioned, uh, please just come forward or there's prayers uh, also available in the hallway. Father, we, we thank you uh, that you are the good shepherd, that you care for your sheep, that you leave the 99 to find the one who's flipped on their back. And Lord, I pray for that one here, in this, here this morning that's been flipped on their back. Uh, and Lord, that you've chased them down and, uh, and you're coming to flip them right side up. Lord, I pray for us that have settled for polluted water, um, that we've misdirected our thirst. Uh, Lord, would you open our eyes and our hearts to, to see the things that we turn to that uh, are actually harmful and devastating uh, to us and to those around us. And that we would turn to you, that we would find our life source in you, that we would find life and healing in you. And Lord, we thank you that you don't just give to us to receive, but you give to us so we can give away. Uh, and Lord, some of us have been hoarding your goodness. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you would just fill us with a heart of generosity. Lord, that you would fill us with boldness and courage uh, that as we come to those quiet waters, that we would take those little steps like Dalen took in that superstore, Lord, just to, uh, to step out and to bless and to open people's hearts and eyes to you and to your goodness. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.